And uh, if you want to, uh, when you find your Bibles, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 8. And if we could just stand together for a moment as we read the Word of God together. First Corinthians 14 and 8, it says, When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over all Israel, they went up in full force to search for him. But David heard about it and went out to meet them. Now the Philistines had come and raided the valley of Rephaim. So David inquired of God, Shall I go and attack the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hands? The Lord answered him, Go, I will deliver them into your hands. I'm reading from the NIV version if that's confusing to you. Sorry. I'm sorry. You are right. Let me, First Chronicles chapter 14 and verse 8. I apologize. <laughs> that's the source of the confusion right there. All right. Uh, David inquired of God, verse 10, Shall I go and attack the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hands? The Lord answered him, Go, I will deliver them into your hands. Verse 11. So David and his men went up to Baal Perazim, and there he defeated them. He said, As waters break out, God has broken out against mine enemies by my hand. So that place was called Baal Perazim, which Baal Perazim means God breaks through or God breaks out. And I want to speak for a few moments today on the subject, the God of the breakthrough. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word today, and we're grateful for all the blessings, Lord Jesus, that you bring our direction. We pray, Lord God, for the remainder of this service in the next few moments that you would speak through the, through the man of God today, Lord Jesus, to deliver hope and encouragement and direction to the members of the body of Christ. We thank you for what you're doing. We seek your favor and anointing. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you, and you may be seated. It was October 14th, 1947, when Captain Charles Yeager broke the sound barrier by reaching Mach 1 speed in his uh, airplane called the Bell X-1. He broke the sound barrier, and in aerodynamics, the sound barrier is that point at which an aircraft moves from transonic speed to supersonic speed. So when uh, these airplanes are flying and they reach the speed of 0.8 Mach, there's a problem of compressibility. Around this speed, air moving over the leading edge of the wings becomes turbulent. A pressure shock wave would form that resulted in the loss of lift and loss of control of the aircraft. This turbulence would also produce structural damage and hurt the pilot. So in times past, pilots would reach that point and pull back, thinking that this was as fast as they could go. But tests in wind tunnels showed that this problem would even out if the plane would go to past Mach 1. The key was getting through the transonic airspeeds to the smoother supersonic airspeeds and breaking the sound barrier. So these airplanes, 
they come under a tremendous amount of stress. It looks like, it feels like the whole thing is about to blow apart. And then the plane breaks through the sound barrier. There are many areas of breakthrough. Another area of breakthrough is in medicine. Uh, medical breakthrough is something that is big, promising, or entirely new. Medical breakthroughs are those that attempt to overcome current boundaries of science and medicine in hope that they can find the cure that the world has been waiting for. Five of the greatest medical breakthroughs of all time, as uh, classified by certain uh, uh, knowledgeable individuals, is the x-ray that uh, enables uh, with machinery the human body to be observed without having to perform dangerous surgeries. Another great breakthrough was the great breakthrough of anesthetics, which enables uh, a person to experience surgery, and thereby uh, doctors and surgeons can work in completely new ways within the human body without the, com uh, the, the potential complications like shock. Another uh, is the, the germ theory, and this is very interesting to me. Uh, as scientists and uh, medicine, me uh, uh, medical doctors discovered the causes behind disease and created a whole new understanding why cleanliness was important. This was a breakthrough because immediately when they discovered this, they went from an infant mortality rate that was very high to one that was very low. So literally thousands, even millions of lives were saved because of this breakthrough. So all of a sudden, just boom, a quantum leap. And now things are much different. Uh, penicillin was another medical breakthrough. It uh, was the moment that the medical profession finally had a way to fight back against these invisible infections that had been costing people their lives. And then, of course, is vaccination. The discovery of vaccination helped to greatly reduce some of the world's deadliest epidemics and diseases uh, like uh, cholera, influenza, measles, bubonic plague, and so forth. So we no longer have to deal with some of the world's deadliest and most infectious diseases thanks to the medical breakthrough of vaccination. These diseases literally plagued mankind for centuries and caused millions and millions of people to lose their life. And in a moment when they made the discovery, all of a sudden, now we don't have to fear or deal with that anymore. Another type of breakthrough is in warfare. Whenever there is a battle and there are two uh, uh, armies that are fighting against one another, they set themselves in array and a breakthrough of the enemy line creates a bulge or, or a complete breakthrough that gives the uh, fighting force the ability to move behind the enemy lines or to pursue an object. So it's like it's just stopped and they're just fighting and there's no progress being made and it's, it's tenuous and bullets are flying and people are dying. But all of a sudden when there is a breakthrough, all of a sudden it doesn't take as much effort to move forward and you can begin to accelerate quickly. Just like with the breakthrough of the sound barrier, all of a sudden things begin to move without the resistance. So before the breakthrough, there's intense resistance. But after the breakthrough, there is the opportunity for acceleration. And so a breakthrough essentially is that moment or that watershed moment when a quantum leap of progress is made available and the enemy that you're fighting against loses significant ground or loses all ground. 
In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, the Bible tells the story of David's mighty men that broke through the enemy lines. David said, I'd like to have a drink of water from the well of Bethlehem uh, at the gate. And the mighty three warriors of David broke through the host of Philistine, the Philistines and drew water out of the well and took it back to David. But David would not drink of it, but he poured it out as an offering before the Lord, saying, God forbid that I should do this thing. Can I drink the blood of the men that put their lives in jeopardy? Uh, for it is the jeopardy of their lives that they bought it, that they brought this water. So they broke through the enemy lines. But once you break through, the idea that I want to get across to you is there is an opportunity for greater momentum and, and greater progress and less intense fighting and faster gaining of territory. Amen. If you still don't have the idea of a breakthrough yet, anybody ever have a plugged uh, uh, sewer in your house, maybe the toilet overflowed or your sink wouldn't drain and you put the little Drano down there and, uh, or, or you got the plunger out and you plunged it and all that water pressure pressing could not cause whatever it was that was blocking to go. But once there was a breakthrough, then all of a sudden, boom, everything began to flow. It is a significant time. It is a significant occurrence at a significant moment when things change. And God put this word in my mind this week, the word breakthrough. And I want to minister to you that God has a breakthrough for someone today. God has a breakthrough for your life this week and this month. Amen. The text that we read, the story of uh, David who went out to battle, and uh, he went to battle against the Philistines because the Philistines had discovered that he had been anointed king, and when they found this out, they went to set their battle in array against him. Isn't that just like the devil? That whenever you begin to make progress uh, or whenever you get a promotion or whenever things change in the positive, the devil is going to fight against you. Amen. Don't think for a minute that the devil is going to allow you to move forward spiritually without fighting back. Don't think that you're going to be able to get a breakthrough without experiencing some spiritual resistance from the enemy. Don't think that you're going to get to that next level of faith and that next level of anointing without experiencing some resistance from the devil. Come on now. Don't think that you're going to get to that next level of effectiveness in ministry and that next level of anointing without the devil putting every amount of effort he can to keep you where you are. Amen. Where is the battle? The battle happens at the battle lines. That's where the battle takes place. The battle doesn't happen on the other side of the battle lines, and the battle doesn't happen back in the corridors of, of yesterday, but the battle happens where you are moving. And when the enemy sets his battle in array, you see the other side where God wants to take you, but all you can see or experience is aggression and warfare and pressure and intensity, and it feels like things are about to break apart, and it feels like your whole faith experience is about to blow up, but I want to tell you right now that if you will have faith, if you'll be persistent, if you'll use the tools of spiritual warfare that God has put at your fingertips, you're not only going to survive, but you're going to have a breakthrough. You're going to get to a new level. God's got something new and refreshing and exciting for you. It's the product of a breakthrough. The breakthrough doesn't happen until you experience the intense, intense aggression, until you find yourself in a seemingly hopeless situation. Your faith is under attack. 
You, you, you experience spiritual oppression and torment. Maybe you've got habits that you, can't, that you can't break. I'm telling you right now that God has a breakthrough in your faith today. God has a breakthrough for somebody who's been struggling with some bad habits uh, and you haven't been able to break through that wall. There is a spirit, listen to me, there is a spiritual breakthrough for you. Those that have been oppressed by the enemy, they found themselves struggling with temptation over and over and over again. There is a breakthrough for you. Those that have been tormented by the enemy in the area of fear, those that have been tormented by the enemy in the area of depression, I'm telling you, you don't have to fight that fight the rest of your life. In fact, there's a breakthrough that's coming for you. It doesn't mean that life's going to be perfect. It doesn't mean that you're never going to struggle again. But you're not going to struggle with that anymore because you're breaking through the enemy lines. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe in a breakthrough. Praise God. Sometimes we spiritually begin to feel a little clogged up and blocked. And we know that uh, we're not where we're supposed to be, but every time we take a step, we hit the wall. And say, God, what's going to happen here? I can't go on living like this. My faith feels like it's hit the wall. My experience and walk with God has hit the wall. And I don't know what to do. And, uh, and uh, I, I, th- this doesn't seem normal. And uh, it doesn't seem like the way it should be. This is not what I signed up for. This is not what I believe God had from when, when I became a part of the kingdom of God. Uh, my ministry's not moving forward. My uh, abilities uh, to work for God aren't moving forward. My faith isn't moving forward. And I, I feel like, if anything, I'm, I'm backtracking a little bit. And I try to go forward again. I hit the wall again. I want to tell you today that God has given you weapons of spiritual warfare that are designed for enabling you to break through every defense of the enemy, every line that the enemy has drawn in your life. Come on now. Hallelujah. We talk about drawing lines. I want to tell you the enemy draws lines. He says you can do all that, but don't you cross this line. You start to cross this line, I'm going to fight you. You start to cross this line, I'm going to send every kind of fear and torment into your life. You try to cross this line, and, I, and, you, and I'll send so much fear that you're going to lose your job. Come on now. You, you, try to, you try to cross this line, and I'm going to put so much intimidation into your life that you're not going to be able to do what God called you to do, and it's going to back you right back up. You can do whatever you want to on that side of the battle line, but don't cross the battle lines. But I want to tell you that God is a God of the breakthrough. So David was anointed king. When he became king of all Israel, the Philistines came out to fight because they knew that a unified Israel behind an anointed king would not only cause them to fail in their quest for more territory, but maybe perhaps even lose territory. See, it's time for some people to step up into what God called you to be because as soon as you do that, the devil's going to start to lose territory. But I'm telling you, there's going to be a fight. But the place of battle, the place of intense warfare, later was called Baal, what was it? Perazine. Perazine. Which means the God that breaks through. And it says, just like water breaks forth. I have a picture of, of water finally breaking through a dam. Or for something you all can relate to. When the plumbing uh, clog finally gets fixed, 
and the water breaks through. He said, this is the place where God broke through. This is the place where God broke out. And I'm telling you right now, the area of your life that is the greatest frustration right now can later become a, can become a monument of God's deliverance. Come on. The devil meant it for bad, but you're going to celebrate it down the road. The devil thought he was going to back you up with it, but the reality is it's going to be one of the greatest sources of rejoicing going forward. It's time for us to quit thinking the way the devil wants us to think. The devil wants us to get discouraged and depressed. The devil wants us to think that it's not going to happen. The devil wants us to begin to believe uh, uh, that, that this is going to be our undoing, when in reality, this is what God has allowed to happen so that in the future we can say, look at the God of the breakthrough. Look at the God of the breakthrough because God has greater things in your life. It's not his will that you stay where you are. It's not his will that you stay spiritually, economically, emotionally where you are. He is the God of the breakthrough. Hallelujah. When you become spiritually clogged and you lack clarity, you lack passion. You lack success in living for God. You become frustrated in living for God. I'm going to tell you right now, uh, as, as a shepherd and a pastor, I'm telling you it's not okay to stay there. You've got to have a breakthrough. Some of you need a breakthrough. Some of you need a spiritual breakthrough. You say, but I come to church. That's fine. That's great. You need to come to church. But you need a breakthrough. But I pray. That's fine. That's good. You need to pray, but you need to learn how to pray through. Come on, somebody. Because there's got to be that breakthrough. You can't stay the way you are because what happens, you will backslide. You will lose territory. You'll fall off of this thing. Come on now. You need to say, I'm not going to stay where I am, but I am believing and trusting the Lord Jesus Christ that he's going to equip me with the spiritual weapons necessary for a breakthrough. Because this is not about discipline and willpower. Listen carefully. This is a spiritual battle and you don't win spiritual battles through carnal means and and uh, you don't win spiritual battles through mere effort the bible says in ephesians 6 and 12 it says we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities against powers against the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places that's why the bible says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal We don't fight this battle with physical things. We don't fight it with the sword and we don't fight it with the pen. But it is a spiritual battle. The weapons are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. You have spiritual weapons at your disposal that enables you to fight in this spiritual battle. Daniel chapter 10 is what got my attention on the idea of a breakthrough. Daniel chapter 10 is where the Daniel fast was initiated. Daniel chapter 10, if you get a chance this week, I want you to go home and read it. Will somebody do that? Daniel chapter 10. What happens in this story is God had given to Daniel a vision. But it was a very significant vision because all biblical prophecy about the end time that you've ever heard about and studied is related and connected to the backbone of this vision that God gave Daniel. 
But after God gave Daniel the vision, he was not able to process it and pull it together and make any sense out of it. All of these beasts and uh, uh, powers and world powers and so forth. All the things that you study about, the world's fascinated about with the end time stuff, all had been given supernaturally to Daniel in a vision, but he didn't understand it, so he began to pray. He said, God, I need clarity. God, I need to understand what you're trying to tell me here. I need an answer to prayer. He wasn't asking for a new car or a new chariot. Amen. He wasn't asking for a new place to live. He wasn't asking for a new wife. He said, God, I need direction. I need clarity. I need to hear directly what you're trying to tell me. And the Bible says that at that point, he set himself for 21 days or three weeks of focused consecration. It says, in those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. And I ate no pleasant bread, neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth, neither did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks uh, were fulfilled. And so here's the story. Daniel, after three weeks of being on this Daniel fast that we call now and being in mournful prayer, intense intercessory prayer to hear from God, that all of a sudden he was out with a group of fellows besides a river and all of a sudden a great quaking came upon all the guys. And they ran away. And all of a sudden, Daniel saw a vision of an angelic being in a linen ephod girt with gold and with feet like bronze or brass, shining brass. Daniel fell on his face. And then this figure came and took him by the shoulder and and said, get up and fear not. Because 21 days ago, let me read it to you. 21 days ago, when you started praying, when you sent forth your request, fear not, Daniel, for the first day that you set your heart to understand and to chasten thyself before the Lord or go through this time of fasting, the first day thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. Think about that. Oh, my Lord. The angel said, I am come for thy words. Don't tell me that prayer is not powerful. If angels come for your words, I am come because you spoke it. I'm come because you asked. I've come because you requested. I've come because you said, I need it. Verse 13 says, the angel says, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me. One and 20 days, 21 days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief priests, came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. Now I am come to make thee understand what shall befall thy people in the latter days, for yet the vision is for many days. I want to tell you right now that while Daniel was fasting and praying that there was spiritual warfare in the invisible realm that was taking place. There was an angel that had an answer, but the angel was withstood by a powerful prince from the evil spirit realm that said, you ain't going nowhere. But while Daniel was praying on the earth, he was winning a battle in the air. While Daniel was afflicting himself on the earth after a a passage of 21 days, that prince of Persia lost his fight and Michael showed up and said I'm going to help you get the message through amen I want to tell you right now that there is very real spiritual warfare that takes place when you ask God for a miracle when you intercede for your child when you cry out for God to do something for you there is an answer hey I want to tell you an angel's on his way he's heard your words but there's a battle going on in the spirit realm and you can fight this battle 
you can become a part of spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare. Listen to me. When the battle is won on the air, in the air, you begin to see victory reflected on the earth. When the battle is won in the air, you begin to see victory reflected on the earth. We got it backwards. We're trying to manipulate the victory to happen on the earth. And the battle in the air is not even being waged. But you wage spiritual battle on your knees. You wage spiritual battle by fasting and praying. These are the weapons that God has put in our hands. And I want to tell you today, even though they're not very popular, and even though when you do it you may not feel like you're making a difference, they are powerful to the pulling down of strongholds, to the producing of the opportunity for a breakthrough the devil says no you don't but when you fast and pray and say I'm interceding there is a breakthrough I've told the story here I'll tell it one more time uh, it was about three years ago three or four years ago January we called the church to a time of fasting and prayer for seven days, we did. I, I uh, opted to go on a total fast of water for seven days. My wife asked me, said, pray for Brooklyn, please. Because our daughter was struggling with uh, a serious conditions with skin uh, disorder, skin disease. Uh, and uh, she had uh, eczema all over her body. And uh, uh, she scratch herself and cry and weep every night. And uh, it was really miserable. Her eyes would swell up, always bloodshot and red, full of all kinds of uh, allergies. And uh, we tried every treatment, both topical treatments, uh, medicinal treatments, uh, alternative treatments, everything that we could imagine. And the problem did not go away. In fact, it only seemed to get worse. And it was a great source of frustration and uh, um, uh, because she was miserable all the time. And I remember on that fast, during that time of prayer, when there was a breakthrough moment, on day number six, when I walked in and I got her out of the crib and I looked and there was not a single evidence of any of this stuff on her body, even though it had, it had been on her body nonstop for months and months and months. I want to tell you that she still has eczema. She still has little rashes come up from time to time on her finger. It's something she struggles with. But the reality is that was a breakthrough moment for us and for her. She's never had it like that again. She's never had it all over her body again. And I want to tell you today that there is power through prayer and fasting to get the answer through, to believe for the answer to prayer. Amen. I want to talk to you, Life Church, about intercession because uh, sometimes I feel this is an area where we are, as a church, we've got to go to the next level because just uh, praying our little prayers and doing our little uh, spiritual routine or, or, or Christian routine, it's not going to get us to the next level. As a church, we move forward on our knees. Amen? And so intercession is very, very important. It is a type of prayer that goes beyond just general prayers that we would pray. It is a spirit, a spiritual type of prayer. It's uh, uh, the word intercession or intercede. If you were to look at the definition, just in a regular dictionary, it means to plead for somebody, to plead with somebody in authority on behalf of somebody else, uh, especially somebody who may be is about to be punished for something. This is what intercessory prayer is when we plead for somebody. Everybody say plead. 
That's when you get emotional. That's when you let your heart get involved. That's when you get aggressive. That's when you get passionate about it. Uh, intercession is grabbing a hold of the horns of the altar and representing someone else's need to your heavenly father. It's different than conversational prayer. Conversational prayer is good. It's important. Our relationship with God. But intercessory prayer is when we grab a hold of the horns of the altar. And just like Jacob who wrestled with an angel to the break of day and said, I won't let you go until you bless me. That kind of spirit uh, comes upon someone and says, God, we've got to have a move of God in my family. We've got to have a move of God in our church. We've got to have a move of God in our youth group. And I'm not going to pray until I get tired or pray until I get bored, but I'm going to pray until something happens. I'm going to pray until there is a breakthrough. I'm going to pray until things change in the situation. Like Aaron and her who held up Moses' hands during the battle as long as his hands were in the air. The victory was won for Israel. When his hands got tired and got down, the battle would turn the other direction. We are lifting up people to God just like Aaron and her lifted up the arms of Moses. We are praying that God would put his glory on display. We are praying that God would mystify doctors. We are interceding for miracles. Amen. I want to tell you today that the viability of your prayers is not about how well you put the 20 26 letters of the English alphabet together in the right combinations for the right words like an abracadabra. But I want to tell you, God already knows the last punctuation mark before we pronounce the first syllable. So the viability of your prayers is not in the words and the sentences you put together, but it is the passion and the intensity and the fire and the, and the passion behind the prayers. You don't have to have a degree in English. You don't have to be poetic. You don't have to be smooth with your language. But when you intercede, you put your heart, you touch, you put your passion behind it. Hallelujah. 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 I love the passion of a mother's intercession. I love to hear my wife's prayers echoing through our home. Amen. I remember being in Fort Wayne, Indiana, there in the second story of the Keller's home. And at night I would hear Sister Keller's prayers echoing up uh, through the heating system. And she was in there travailing and interceding for her family. And it transferred to the next generation as my wife uh, is given to intercession in Life Church. Uh, I want you to understand you've got to learn this gift, this tool of interceding for your families. You don't just pray at mealtime. You don't just pray on Sunday when everybody else prays. But there's got to be something. Hallelujah! That says I believe that God answers prayer. I believe that I'm making a difference. I believe that spiritual warfare is happening. I believe that a breakthrough is about to come into my life. And we don't have to pray with intercession all the time. Don't get the impression that this has to be something you do every day, intercession. But there are times when we need to pray with blood, sweat, and tears. There are moments when we need to fall on our face and cry out to God. There are moments when we need to pray like the Spirit. 
Because the Spirit intercedes, the Bible says. The Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit intercedes. We need to pray like the Spirit in the Spirit and intercede with wordless prayers. Come on. Hallelujah. Your prayers don't have to be smooth and articulate. When you get intercession, it might just be a groan. It might be in a heavenly tongue or an unknown language. But there is power in intercessory prayer. When you get a hold of a burden, when you let the burden get in your gut, and when you let it put you on your face and let the tears begin to flow, there is power in intercessory prayer. It doesn't happen easily. It doesn't happen immediately. Sometimes it takes some focus. Sometimes it takes some purpose. But when you break through an intercessory prayer, there is a battle. Swords are clanging in the invisible realm. The enemy is being stepped back. There's a prince of Pasadena. There's a prince of the San Gabriel Valley. There's a prince of Monrovia that says we want to keep these kids addicted to alcohol. We want to keep these kids pumping stuff into their veins to keep them in some kind of a, a just to survive and just to make it. Uh, and whenever something begins to move against that, I want to tell you that there is spiritual warfare that takes place. Uh, yeah, we got to do what we got to do. We've got to do our parts as laborers together with God. But I'm telling you, you don't see the victory on the ground until the battle is won in the air. Amen. Till the battle is won in the air. And there is a revival, a watershed revival that God is ready to send to this church. Are you listening to me right now? I feel prophecy in my spirit. There is a watershed revival, but it's not going to happen because we get the right evangelist that knows how to pray people through. And it's not, come on somebody, it's not going to happen because we got the right music. And thank God for this couple, but it's not going to happen just because we have staff members that come on to staff. But it's going to happen because God's people realize that the battle it's not on the ground. The battle is not with my brother. The battle is not with people, but the battle is in the air. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. It's got to get a hold of you. I'm not satisfied with people trickling out of the church. I'm not satisfied with people losing their passion. I'm not satisfied with people coming to the church dry as a bone. It's time for a breakthrough of revival. It's time for a breakthrough. It's where when people walk through the doors of the church, they begin to feel the anointing the minute they step on the premises. It's time for a breakthrough. Come on now. Listen to me right now. There are thousands of people all around this church that need a change in their life. There are thousands of people that are so miserable, they're ready to take their lives. This church has got to have a breakthrough. We have got to have a display and a demonstration of God's power that doesn't come through skills or abilities. It comes through the anointing.
James 5 and 16 says, The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And I close with this story. Before there was Mother Teresa, there was a lady named Mother Dabney. 1925, her name was Elizabeth, Elizabeth J. Dabney, and her husband went to work for a mission in Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. But there wasn't much love in, in their neighborhood. It was a hell hole. Her husband was called to preach. She was called to pray. But she didn't just pray. She prayed through. Come on. There's a difference between praying for and praying through. It has to do with focus and determination. Amen. One afternoon she was thinking about a bad situation in their neighborhood in North Philadelphia. And she asked God if he would give them a spiritual victory if she would covenant with him to pray. God promised that he would. And she felt the Lord prompting her to meet him the next morning at the Schoykill River, 7.30 a.m. sharp. And uh, Mother Dabney was so nervous about missing her prayer appointment that she stayed up all night crocheting. And the next morning she went down to the river and made a prayer covenant to the Lord. And I read her prayer covenant that she spoke. She said, Lord, if you'll bless my husband in the place you sent him to establish your name, if you will break the bonds and destroy the middle wall of partition, if you'll give him a church and a congregation, a credit to your people and all of Christendom, I will walk with you for three years in prayer, both day and night. I will meet you every morning at 9 a.m. sharp. You'll never have to wait for me. I'll be there to greet you. I will stay there all day. I will devote, devote all of my time to you. Furthermore, if you will listen to the voice of my supplication and break through in that wicked neighborhood and bless my husband, I will fast 72 hours each week for two years. While I am going through the fast, I will not go home to sleep in my bed. I will stay in church, and if I get sleepy, I'll rest on newspapers and carpeting. As soon as she made that prayer covenant, the glory of God was poured out in a new way. Every morning at 9 a.m., Mother Dabney greeted the Lord with a hearty, Good morning, Jesus. And she wore the skin off of her knees, but God extended his glorious right arm. She fasted 72 hours a week, but the Holy Spirit was her direct supply. Soon the mission was too small to accommodate the people. Her husband asked her to pray for another meeting place nearby. She prayed, and a man who had been in business for 25 years closed up shop so they could rent the building. Mother Dabney would not be denied. She was a breakthrough prayer. And those type of prayers have a sanctified, stubborn streak. They know when something is in the will of God, they won't take no for an answer. Mother Dabney's prayer legacy would be a long forgotten footnote if it weren't for one headline. In a magazine called the Pentecost Evangel, it published her testimony under the title, What It Means to Pray Through. And that one article sparked a prayer movement all around the world. Mother Dabney received more than three million letters from people who said, teach me how to pray through. And our generation desperately needs to rediscover the difference between praying for and praying through. Amen. Praying through is grabbing a hold of the horns of the altar and refusing.
refusing to let go until God answers. Praise God. Amen. You intercede until God intervenes. Amen. I want my wife just to tell what she feels about intercession right now. My husband just asked me to speak for a moment on intercession. I've been so burdened for this church in the last few weeks. God has spoken and said, this church has got to learn to intercede. There's a difference between us speaking in tongues for a few minutes and there's a, in, in doing that and interceding. We can't be happy. We can't be satisfied with just a little prayer time. But we have to find that place of intercession. And I know so many new Christians have never even heard of intercessory prayer. The devil has stripped it out of the church because he knows the power that's in intercessory prayer. He knows, and it's happened in this church. We've all been abused by the devil by him leading us around by the nose because we're so carnally minded. He just has his way with us. Whatever he wants us to do, we do because we haven't learned to intercede. Intercessory prayer does two things. We intercede on the behalf of others. We intercede on behalf of ourselves. So, so often we're caught up in praying that God will change this situation, do this, heal this person, Fix this problem. God, I need you. But when we intercede, it changes our mind to a spiritual mindset that says, God, I'm not asking for you to change, change your mind, but change me, change my mind, change my perspective so that I can see things spiritually like you see things. What we need is a revival of intercessors. We can't sit down and say, okay, I've got 15 minutes to pray. But we have to sit there. We're used to microwave. We, we want it now. We stick it in. i got to be here. i got to be there. But it takes a mom. It takes a dad. It takes a teenager that sits down and says, Lord, I'm right here. I'm not leaving until I get a breakthrough. We're way too busy to have breakthroughs, and that's why we're suffering spiritually. That's why we're not victorious Christians. We've lost our power. We've lost our victory because the devil has lied to the church world and said we don't need intercessory prayer anymore. But if we want our families to be saved, our children to be saved, let me tell you, you can do more in an hour of intercessory prayer than you can do in years in witnessing to that neighbor, witnessing to your mother-in-law, and witnessing to your children. Find that place. Get a hold of the horns of the altar, like Brother Brown said, and I'm not letting go. Some of you, your personality may not be aggressive, but in prayer, you've got to learn to be aggressive. You've got to moan. You've got to push. You've got to P-U-S-H. Pray until something happens. Don't give up. Don't be discouraged. Like Daniel, pray through because the angel's here. It may take years. I have a grandmother who still intercedes for her son, but she has not given up over many years because there's a spiritual battle. Just like we don't go into spiritual battle. With the BB, we're in a in a real battle with a BB gun. We can't win a battle with a BB gun. We can't win a spiritual battle by just taking carnal and fleshly things and praying in the flesh. But we have to enter into the realm of the spirit and do spiritual warfare 
through the Holy Ghost. That's the only way that this church will go forward. It's the only way that we'll have victory in our lives. I am so tired of the devil having his way with some of you because you haven't learned to push through in prayer. Find that place. Intercede until God changes you, till the things of this world are sickening to you. Come on. Does anybody know what I'm talking about today? Let's intercede. Let's intercede. Let's intercede. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, let's stand together right now. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. In the name of the Lord. Why don't we gather up around the front here for a few moments right now. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. I feel like God just told me that he wants to put it on display right now in this place. That he wants to show us a breakthrough right now. Hallelujah. Come on up to the front. Come on up. There's plenty of room up around here if you guys just kind of move around up here to the front. Come on. We want to invite everybody to come forward just for a few moments right now. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. 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 Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The number one thing your enemy wants to do is take your weapon out of your hand. The devil has been working overtime to convince the church world that it's all about uh, presentation and uh, uh, how, how well you run things and how how uh, well you market things, and that's how revival comes. That's not how revival comes. That's how you build a big crowd. But revival comes. Listen, my brothers and sisters, revival in your family comes through intercessory prayer and through fasting and through... Uh, see, what happens when I fast uh, is, is I, it changes me. It changes my appetites. It changes to where I'm not hungry for what I used to be hungry for. Amen. Whether it's a media fast or a Daniel fast or total fast or juice fast, uh, you couple it with prayer and you'll begin to see things change in your spirit. Uh, this church doors will be open uh, from uh, 6.30 until 8, Monday through Friday this week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And we encourage you, if you're able, on your way by work, just stop in for a few minutes. We'll be here Wednesday night for uh, prayer and uh, a time in the Word. And then Thursday is our church prayer time uh, here Thursday night uh, from 8 to 9. And I, these prayers have become, those prayer times on Thursday night have been more powerful every week. Every single week. It's like we're taking territory. And there's a breakthrough that's getting ready to happen in the house right now. So I want you to join hands with somebody nearby right now. And we're going to begin to pray. And I want you to pray like serious prayer. I mean, I want you to pray like you know God's hearing you. I want you to pray like you know prayer makes a difference. And I want you to pray right now, and God's going to start to break through in this house. God's going to begin to break through in this place. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. God, I'm praying for a breakthrough, Lord Jesus. I'm believing you, Lord God.
Come on, somebody needs to pray through it. You've been stressing about it. You need to pray through it right now. It doesn't do you any value worrying and stressing about it. You need to pray through it right now. Hey, it may take tears to pray through it. Hallelujah. It may take passion to pray through it, but pray through it right now. Come on, there's a barrier somebody's going to break through. And on the other side of that barrier is the joy of the Lord. Come on, I'm speaking a word to you. The joy of the Lord is on the other side. You need to pray through. The joy of the Lord, the joy of your salvation is on the other side of the breakthrough. Come on, push a little more right now. Push, 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 push. There's a breakthrough. Somebody needs to pray in the spirit right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You've been praying with understanding. Now you need to pray in the spirit. Come on, come on, come on. On the other side of the breakthrough, there's spiritual refreshing. Hallelujah. There's a rainstorm on the other side of the breakthrough. There's rushing waters on the other side of the breakthrough. Your dryness is going to be gone with refreshing.
Come on, there's a whole new you. There's a whole new attitude on the other side of the breakthrough. Come on, it's time to get serious with God. Hallelujah. He doesn't mind when you wrestle. He doesn't mind when you push. Come on.
Hallelujah. Come on, that's it. Pray with somebody right now. Especially if there's a young person nearby, grab them and pray with them in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. There's somebody that really needs God. Pray with them. Come on, breakthrough, 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 breakthrough. This is what a Pentecostal altar service is about. It's about a breakthrough. Come on, pray till you break through speaking in tongues. Hallelujah. Then intercede in the spirit. With stammering lips in another tongue will I speak to my people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Spirit of intercession coming on children and young people right now in the name of the Lord. Come on, this is what I'm talking about. Spirit of intercession, come on, young people. Spirit of intercession, come on, children right now.
Come on, that's what I mean by praying through. Hallelujah, praying through.
In just a moment, we're going to have a water baptism in Jesus' name. Praise God.